Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but Jason Jason just called you on your bluff and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. And I feel like today is going to be a bit of a therapy session. <laughs> a much needed therapy session, don't yeah. you think? Yes. Uh, some of it will be for ourselves. You and I are going <laughs> to offer ourselves our own brand of therapy, uh, mostly because we are in month five of having not played tennis and we are sitting at home watching the warm weather and the sunshine and the sweat coming off of these pro players in, <laughs> in Miami and we are sitting at home doing jack of shit for the fifth month now fifth meaning we're like in the fifth month starting it yes that is correct for those of you that don't know Toronto is in a gray lockdown zone and we're not going to get into the details of what gray means for all of our listeners suffice it to say that we cannot play tennis but our wonderful provincial government has altered and changed some of the rules to allow a little bit more flexibility for example outdoor dining is now allowed um so we're in a glorified or modified gray zone elevated gray zone yeah, so while they enhance the flexibility, they also enhance the confusion. <laughs> Let's not pretend it's easy to understand the constant changes to this color-coded system. Uh, for, for those of you who are unclear, soon the big change I think that's going to happen is outdoor haircuts are going to be there. <laughs> so for any of you in the States who are, you know, jetting into your nearest salon and you know wearing a mask or you know for a lot of the GLTA people I see or friends of ours who have been vaccinated already uh, come to Canada <laughs> oh wait you can't you'd have to quarantine for 14 days I know let's get all of these outdoor tennis clubs open early yeah come on East York get your stuff together Thorncliffe we all are ready to play tennis so let's get her done yeah I don't even care if the courts are concrete and the nets made of fencing <laughs> we don't care if there's like leftover foliage fall leaves on the court like we're dying to play so let's yes. get her get her done so is that the extent of our own self-therapy yeah I mean like I think that we need to save the majority of the therapy session for our Canadian buddy Vashak. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it what what happened to Vashik, uh, apparently to some of the other players who shared their support could happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. What yes. has been described of what happened to Vashik was um, the word meltdown. And I know <laughs> if you looked up the word meltdown in the dictionary it might describe something you know nuclear like a nuclear <laughs> there's a nuclear meltdown absolutely i don't know that it went to that extent but it was pretty extreme to see what occurred on the court can can i just set some context yes before for we sure get in, before we get into the details of the nuclear meltdown <laughs> so um I was chatting with one of our loyal and wonderful listeners, Norto16, up in Australia. And he's, he texted me, or he slid into our DMs on our IG, on our Ready Play Tennis podcast IG. And he was like, girl, did you hear what happened with Vashek? I'm like, <laughs> what? What happened with our girl, with our Canadian girl? And he's like, babe, you got to check it out. He's having a minute. Like, he's having a bit of a meltdown. So I watched the meltdown because it had already been uh, uploaded to YouTube at that point. And then I remember texting you. It was it was pretty, I wouldn't say that it was late in the evening. I want to say it was around 10 p.m. I mean, that's I pretty late. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty late considering, you know, you had a really busy week. You're probably winding down at that point. And I texted you and I said, babe, your <laughs> your your boys in the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and fortunately, I had taped the tennis. I didn't get to watch any of it, but I quickly, you know, went to my PVR and fast forwarded to uh, to see what what occurred at three all and then three three four and then three five and um i don't think anybody really understood what was happening or what he was doing obviously until after he um, issued his apology but Mm -hmm. so are we going to give a quick little rundown of that entire situation Mm -hmm. do would you like me to go for it I think that you should go. You should have the honors. Okay. Well, Vashik, if you're listening, <laughs> anything we say here does not um, diffuse the volume of love that we have for you, and the fact that we would love to co- for you to come on the show <laughs> and explain, explain yourself, explain yourself, explain yourself, or bring your communications director from the PTPA and explain yourself. We have a lovely, long leather chaise for you to lie down on. <laughs> yes. And we'll... <laughs> yes. And we'll give you it a whole hour <laughs> like any good therapist. So, yeah, the match was um, with, is it Mackie McDonald? Is that sort of the nickname that he goes by? Everyone calls Mackenzie. Mackenzie. So they call him Mackie McDonald, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's been sort of playing well this year uh it was three all in the first set um and the match seemed to be going per normal and then he got broken and i think that's where he emotionally became broken as well (laughs) um (laughs) so he um at 40 love um mckenzie was up uh four three forty love off the serve, he blasts the ball out of the court. <laughs> so that was the uh, start, I think, of the uh, meltdown. Uh, so he got, I think, a penalty. No, not at that point. He he hadn't got a, a warning at that point. They, he let that pass. Mm. Um, so he be- he through the, I guess, the transition to his service game. He was banging the towel holder. Mm -hmm. um and he got a warning for racket abuse because at 5-3 as he was preparing to serve he decided to slam his racket on the ground and it was a pretty destructive uh racket um racket breaking Mm -hmm. uh so he threw a couple balls at the same time grabbed his racket (laughs) threw it towards his racket bag um decided as he got to his seat to step on it and bend it you know that's sort of one of the player's favorite things to do to release the remaining (laughs) aggression you would think that that would have worked but it did not (laughs) so he grabbed another racket and steps up to serve and suddenly thrusts an underarm underarm serve which i've never seen vashik do before and then uh, it actually went in. It was a very sort of quick serve. Um, you know, they didn't use the do the usual, you know, camera angle to see him set up or see his opponent on the other side of the court. Quickly served. Um, Mackenzie hit the return and then Vashik laced, like purposefully missed the backhand. Um, and then I think he won a point. Mackenzie won two more. Um, and then he got called for verbal abuse and the set was over. <laughs> and then it de- it devolved uh, from there. Yeah, the chair umpire was Andrea Gaudenzi. And um, after the close of the first set, obviously, that was clinched by Mackie because of the point penalty. Um, Vashik proceeds to his chair. And the now infamous verbal diarrhea (laughs) that we have all at some point YouTubed or heard at that same moment happened. And, you know, I did ask you, Jay, before our podcast, what exactly, what it was that Vashik exactly said. I remember that, you know, that part of his verbal diarrhea was that he was in a meeting with ATP executives the night before for an hour and a half. 
you know, he basically said that he was yelled at, screamed at by these ATP executives. And he then called for the ATP CEO to come out. He asked for the chairman to come out, bring him out here, (laughs) uh, called him an effing asshole. Mm, and mm, uh, mm. I think, you know, that was obviously verbal abuse, not necessarily directed toward the umpire, but it was language that is unbecoming for international television. <laughs> so uh, he um, then uh, went on, I think, to threaten to sue the ATP if they tried to default him from the match for his behavior and his activities um, at the end of that set. I mean, needless needless to say, he did experience a nuclear meltdown. <laughs> I mean, aside from the expletives, we had an insider's peek into uh, what Vashik's been trying to do behind the scenes on behalf of players. And, you know, the tennis world erupted with their own you know, hodgepodge of responses. Some people were, I would say, I would say that based on what I read, what I saw on social media and um, in the news, that many people did not condone, obviously did not condone Vashik's behavior, but understood where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, um, I think, realize that it's sort of unbecoming of him or unlike him to mm-hmm. be- behave this way. Uh, so we're willing to give him a bit of a a pass, perhaps. I would say that, you know, Vashik, if you're listening, <laughs> for, um, for any of us to consider behaving like that at our place of employment would, <laughs> would be cause for trouble. And I know, you know, perhaps this situation is different. These guys are part of a tour and they're sort of independent contractors in a way, I guess. Um, And not part of a collective. But um, yeah, I think it, we're all sort of trying to pull ourselves together day by day. um, And we're all sort of dealing with challenges. And it is interesting that uh, sports, um, athletes sometimes uh, release that way and I guess you know it's part of part it's part of the reality of being on TV for what you do perhaps mm-hmm. I okay here we go <laughs> everyone that wants to come at me get be prepared because I'm just gonna give you the full tea here and my perspective so when I watched Vashek's complete meltdown and I read about kind of the background of why he projected in this way, I really did feel sympathetic. I 100% felt sympathetic for him. Come at me if you want, hate me if you want. That was just my initial feeling. And I'm just going to give you the, the lowdown as to why. So I think it's important for everyone to understand that Vashek... Um, along with John Isner and Novak Djokovic, have probably been this pioneer, pioneering group of three individuals that started the PTPA last year, which stands for the Professional Tennis Players Association. Essentially, it's a union because tennis male tennis players at this juncture are not necessarily represented by lawyers. Their um, interests are not necessarily protected. And so these three players took it upon themselves having come to a point in their tennis journeys, professional tennis journeys, where they felt that uh, their voices needed to be heard and needed to be, their interests need to be, needed to be protected. It goes without saying that Vashik is one of these players that has worked very hard behind the scenes to get this PTPA up and running, okay? Now, my personal experience, when I worked at a very famous Canadian high-end luxury retailer in 2011, I tried to start my own union, girl. Did you know that? I don't think I, I, don't think I knew that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to get into the de- details, but I understand and empathize with Vashek what it takes to get people and to mobilize people toward one um, 
toward one goal, which is fairness. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. It's just about fairness and being represented properly and being protected. So do I necessarily condone his behavior on the court? No, I don't think that there's any need for someone to, you know, you know, um, say numerous expletives for children and whatnot to hear on the air. But I mean, based on what a lot of his fellow players have said on Twitter, it's something that can happen to everyone, particularly during this time of pandemic when, you know, mental stress and mental you know, a a mental toll has taken on all players, ATP and WTA. But, I mean, I felt bad for the guy, and I understand where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I think he's obviously bearing a lot of burden on his shoulders to represent the players, and he's one of the few that's decided to, you know, speak out and be more vocal on behalf of the players <laughs> where, you know, others are maybe a bit more shy. Um, the tour continues. Players continue to play matches. Um, and for him, this particular match didn't go well. And I wonder how many others are are heading onto the court, you know, having the same feelings like, you know, we talked about Isner a week or two ago and the Mm -hmm. feelings that um, him and Opelka and some of these other players are having about the prize money. You know, we're Mm going to talk about Benoit pair in a bit. So there is a lot, I think of issues around um, prize money, uh, transparency about how those decisions are made, Um, Mm -hmm. not being able to sort of un, un, Uh, go behind the veil of each of the events to understand where that sort of decision comes from in terms of reducing the winner's purse by almost 80%. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of underlying issues uh, where, you know, I think a lot of us need to sort of take a bit more time to understand and maybe then we can have a bit more empathy or sympathy for someone like Vashik. But to counter a little bit, I would say they need a little bit more um, structure to um, their approach and how they're communicating. And maybe there's just a bit of a challenge because they're trying to do all of this stuff whilst playing, whilst traveling, whilst trying to, you know, compete and earn, you know, the reduced prize money that they're trying (laughs) to earn. Yeah. I mean, uh... I just want to clarify, when you say, just to counter a little bit, you mean you're talking about the PTPA. Yeah, because having a bit more, like, there needs they need to offer a bit more clarity of their vis- the vision that they're hoping for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, listen, I think that when you are an active tour player that relies on doing well in tournaments in order to live your livelihood, plus you're trying to organize players. I mean, I remember when I was organizing my union, I didn't sleep. So it's, it is, a, to say that it's a difficult understa- undertaking is a complete understatement. Mm-hmm. So I might come off here as like a total, you know, in, completely in Vashik's corner, but the only reason why is because I understand where he's coming from, because I did it before, right? you know? And I think it's important to mention that he's not working in isolation. I mean, you and I, I mean, you did the research today. There is a plethora of players out there that vocally tweeted their support of our boy Vashek in in response to how he behaved on court against his match, in his match against McDonald. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Do you want to go? Do you want to go over a couple of them? Sure. Maybe we should read his apology first. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Because good idea. you know, it it always starts with a good apology and sort of having a bit of grace to understand that you have done wrong, but that you are expressing <laughs> your passion. So he said, "I want to sincerely apologize for my behavior on the court in Miami earlier today. I disrespected the game I love, and for that I am truly sto- sorry." By way of explanation, I felt deeply unnerved during a meeting between players and ATP executives last night, and I underestimated the toll those emotions took on me until I stepped onto the court today. 
and went down a break in the first set. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I am sorry for my encore behavior and the language I used. Hashtag players. Do you know what I think when I read that? Go. This is, okay, this is not me speak, obviously speaking on Vashik's behalf, but I completely, I was going to say resent. Resent is a very strong word. But I don't like that we live in a climate where we can't actually say what we feel. Now, is Vashik's apology legitimate? Is it a true apology? I'm only saying that because were it to come from me, I think every now and then, if you're feeling a pent-up energy because you're working so hard to get a voice for your colleagues, I mean, not to say that it's okay to say expletives on on television, but you know, you're not saying them for no for any just any reason. You're doing it for the greater good of your sport, and so I almost feel like an apology is something that he did because it was expected of him right. to maintain his image, to maintain his, um, to make sure that any any messages that are coming from his mouth from this point forward are taken with more legitimacy, but. You know, sometimes, girl, you got to get down. You got to pop off. <laughs> you got to pop off to let them know how it is. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he was full of emotion and frustration, and he let that get the better of him and perhaps felt that there was no other outlet than um, to do it on on television to get attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that a person thinks that they're going to pop off and they're, they're going to say, oh, well, I'm on television. I think that he was just so emotionally disturbed and pent up from, you know, the efforts that he was putting in. And in addition, the fact that he had this hour and a half long meeting where he was yell- getting yelled at, that he unconsciously brought it with him to court and he just lost his mind. Ooh, the court of tennis opinion. The court of... Yes, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I kind of want to know what that meeting was all about. Like, when do we get to find out the inside scoop, y'all? Okay, well, speaking of inside scoop... (laughs) You have some? I mean, it's not necessarily that I have some, but it is a known fact. If you take a look at any of these um, ATP message boards on the intranet (laughs) i like calling it the internet (laughs) the intraweb (laughs) the intraweb that the atp does a very good job of controlling the narrative that is sent out to the tennis world i mean like any organization that has millions of dollars at stake you know its image to uphold of course it's going to want to control its narrative and so you know you just check on any reddit message board about the ATP tour. I mean, the lengths, the lengths that the ATP tour goes to, you know, stopping players from organizing and, you know, um, prize money for particular individual tournaments to be raised so that, so that lower ranked players can earn more if they departure in a first, second or third round. You know, we don't get the full story. And I know that it's very dangerous to talk about quote-unquote fake news. I mean, that is a very dangerous topic for us to cover. But let's just be honest about the fact that, you know, whenever you have money and interests that are combined and that are at stake, of course an organization is going to want to protect that. So, I mean, there's a lot that we don't see behind the scenes. We don't know Vashek personally, but if him and this entire gaggle of players are vocally rising up to say that they need player representation that means that there are there's a there is a group a large group of players that is displeased with the way the ATP is organizing and managing the tour period <laughs> point blank in the period po- point blank in the period who going to check me boo <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to uh, sort of check you unless you send us the links to all those message boards. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I'm not going to do that. You all have fingers yourself. You, you can do the research. <laughs> but I mean, we've had uh, conversations in the last few episodes about, you know, the prize money reductions, um, the 
you know, comments from players like Zverev, who, you know, it's kind of surprising that he didn't send out a, a message of support for Pospisil. Maybe he did. I didn't see it. But um, you're, you're surprised. Well, that, I, that that boy has been in hot water ever since he's became a, he became a baby dad. <laughs> he but he put... <laughs> he was the one who was like you know Vashik and Djokovic and I have talked about you know the need to you know we can't have a traveling tour right now. So I think that's a big part of this whole conversation too is about you know the safety of the players and the fact that they are having to travel and that there's a a significant risk from their perspective to do that and that they have to you know quarantine um in in areas that maybe they they might not feel safe or that they have extended you know quarantines where they have to be somewhere for a very very long time only to Mm -hmm. sort of come out you know the australian open is a a maybe extreme example but i think most of the tournaments players uh, basically come to the court play their match or, or do their practice and then they have to go back to the hotel I think that's sort of the standard um, day for players once they arrive um, f- into a city for an event so yeah and if you're the unfortunate player who happens to be ranked in like I don't know the hundreds to the 500s trying to earn a measly salary playing on the tour you fly into the wrong country you end up having to quarantine for 14 days and then you end up in a situation where you're quarantining for more than six weeks spending money on hotels not earning a damn dime sorry but like you know that is that is the real tea that's going on in the tour are you talking about somebody specific I mean, <laughs> I cannot rather. <laughs> well, some as you mentioned, some players came to Vashik's aid. Yes. Uh, you know, Steve Johnson. We need to start supporting player unity on the tour. With the events that took place in Miami, with our leadership, we need more now than ever. A hashtag players voice. Uh, time for the players to stand together. John Isner, what happened at, with Vashik was unfortunate. Emotions got the best of him, and unfortunately, that happens sometimes. Fact remains that he's spent countless hours fighting on behalf of his colleagues on the ATP tour. Better, better days ahead for Vashik and the players. Maybe mm. a bit, maybe a bit soft. Maybe a bit <laughs> soft. He was a bit more vocal when talking about the prize money. I know Johnny. I thought you were going to make I thought you were going to make more of an impactful statement. That's your that's your brother right there. Like yeah. step up, babe. Come on now. Yeah. Uh Ryan Harrison, Vashik is a great guy with a huge heart. He has spent countless hours and headaches on behalf of all players. The stress of what you bring onto <clears throat> the court can be overwhelming while under pressure playing. It's time for the players' voices to be heard. Uh who else? Evo Novak Novak, oh yeah, Novak. Novak is the guy. Novak said, concerning matters at hand, I am not in Miami. We know that. <laughs> you told us that already. Uh, however, Vashik Pospisil, and he put the umlauti thing over his S in, the, in his name, uh, is, my, <laughs> is my good friend, and I empathize with him wholeheartedly. Players on tour would agree that he is an individual of the highest integrity who cares mm. about the well-being of his fellow competitors. I am hopeful players recognize the importance of standing together. Hashtag players voice. Yeah, I mean, like, stop being a puppet for the ATP tour. Like, you want to be a puppet like Roger and Nadal? Sure. I'm like, you know, you could do that. <laughs> you could do that. Listen, I'm just telling the truth. For sure, there's going to be... The ATP for sure... Um, is going to support certain players you know you have cozy relationships and whatnot but i mean the tour is made up of more than roger and and nadal and you know djokovic i mean one of the reasons i think why he is so one of the reasons why i think among the big three that he is so disliked is because he says what he feels and yes he's gotten in hot water before for doing doing things that are narcissistic the adria tour last year recovered all of that but going back to our original point there are a lot of players that are displeased with how things are being managed so y'all best get heard Mm -hmm. you heard i'm trying to Remember they took that photo at the yes, U.S. On the court. Open? Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to... There's like the player... There's all of the players in the 
photo on the court, but I can't identify all of them. I, I mean, I see Novak, I see Hercatch, I see someone who looks like Justin Garin or Christian Garin. Garin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't really recognize all of the players because they all have masks on and it's a very sort of it's meant to be sort of a, a standing together but it's a it looks to be about 40 players on the court okay i mean i'm assuming 40 of like the 40 in the top 100 or so or so whoever was in you know since he slash us right. open yeah okay well i mean needless to say vashek from my desk Jason can speak for himself. I completely <laughs> no seriously. I can I completely empathize with where you're coming from. Y'all want to come at me for me empathizing with him. Oh, sorry. Can I can I just share very quickly mm-hmm. the response on the GLTA message board? <laughs> I think there was some that said, "Oh, oh really professional." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. The GLTA message board is our barometer for how things really go because those <laughs> girls do not back no filter no hashtag no filter girl so when (laughs) jason posted our vashek um audiogram uh oh no not the audiogram but just the stagnant posts of what had happened this week in miami there was a myriad of messages and i would (laughs) and i would say that the majority of messages came from you know um individuals on the glta from the united states that said he he his behavior was uncalled for and i have one one comment here that i think epitomizes the general the general feeling that these that these people of the comments that were posted on the board quote behaving like an abusive undisciplined asshole it's not the way to reform a broken system his cause no matter how righteous just became a whole lot more unsympathetic to a lot of people and he said that fairly eloquently yeah Okay, fine. I mean, there are some people there that were like, you know, don't let him back into the United States. That bitch should not be playing in Miami anymore. (laughs) All of this nonsense. Okay, fine, whatever. Just pop off. No problem. But then there was, you know, a couple of people. And actually, I did ask our girl, um, Gus from Montreal, said it was okay for us to name him tonight. And he said this about Vashek on the board. He said, poor Vashek. It's sad. Some kind of nervous breakdown. This ATP bullshit obviously took a heavy toll on him, trying to help the other players and ending up shat on by management. Curious if he'll keep with the pre- representation of players or if that was the last straw and he's done with that. I'd still marry him, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be a bit exhausting to be constantly feeling like you're hitting a wall. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely, you know, feel for him. I have a soft spot for him. If you haven't heard before, I've taken a photo with him. <laughs> uh, if you haven't listened to the show before, we've tried many times to get him on the show. And we do <laughs> confidently feel he will come on. And we feel like he should come on and give us the uh, inside scoop once the PTPA has developed its, you know, uh reason for being (laughs) i mean girl that's one of your specialties your specialties is really crafting a message targeting it to an audience i say i elect you to (laughs) to the to the ptpa Uh, yeah i communications department yes uh vashik if you're listening i do have a (laughs) communicate i do have a communications degree i'm happy to help you craft your message and your argument for the ATP executives so that you <laughs> can avoid calling them effing assholes <laughs> next time you have a meeting with them or next time you come on a court for a match. I do. I mean, that's the that's one of the reasons why I love you so much and you're my best friend. It's because you, you in our partnership, you're the one that takes a beat. <laughs> you are. You, you take a beat, you reflect... And then you answer when the emotions have dissipated. So, you know, bravo to you for that. So maybe John Wertheim agrees with me. He, I think he <laughs> works for Tennis Channel. He said, uh, this, this is the pity. These guys have valid points, complaints, and have facts on their side. But the message is so muddled. It confuses the public and drives away moderate players mm. i'm not necessarily sure what he means i think maybe he means that you know people come to um 
not really understand where players like Vashik are coming from or drives away players who maybe don't have um, the capacity or can't afford financially to be playing on the tour. I'm not quite sure what he means about that. But Gotcha, gotcha. So he was the one meltdown and there was somebody <laughs> or there is somebody who continues to have a moderate monicum of a meltdown. <laughs> and he's a French player. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and you you shared a story in French today asking people their thoughts on Batoli popping off on Benoit. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised at how many of our followers uh, responded to our poll because the question in French was êtes-vous d'accord avec Marion Bartoli au sujet de Benoit Père? Basically, <laughs> are you in agreement with Bartoli's comments on Benoit Père? We're going to get that into that in a moment. And uh, yeah, Benoit Père is, listen, I categorize Benoit Père in the same group as Kyrgios. Clearly less um, accomplished. Um, no offense, Benoit, but the stats speak for themselves. But Benoit Pierre has gone on record and said that during this time of pandemic, he, he, he quotes, not my words, <laughs> his words, quote, he prefers to lose in first round matches to be removed from COVID bubbles. And again, this is, this is Jason and I adding on to the conversation Benoit is this player that has admittedly said that he plays tennis because he loves the atmosphere of playing in front of crowds. You know, he's a showman. He loves the flashy shots. And this entire pandemic has put a damper on the reason why he's a professional tennis player. And therefore, you know, he's publicly said he prefers to lose in first round matches. He doesn't like to be confined for 14 days in these in these quarantine slash COVID bubbles, you know. And in addition, when it comes to talking about prize money, he says, listen, if I can lose a first round match and earn 10,000 bucks while a person, another ATP player works harder, works his way through the draw, maybe loses in the third, fourth quarterfinals and earns $30,000, to him, that $20,000 difference is negligible. So why not just, you know, tank out in the first round, earn a nice $10,000 check, and then fly home and pet his beautiful chocolate lab that he has and, <laughs> you know, hang out with his family? What, girl, this is something that we did not talk about, but I'm very curious to know what you think about it. I mean, we have consistently on this show talked about instances where our buddy Nick has uh, <laughs> has waned in his effort on the court mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not necessarily sure you can give someone like Benoit Père a similar pass you can't really do that um, you can maybe empathize if you start to talk about these other issues of being in a bubble and not being very happy and that this is his means of making money but then to wh- why why do that why not just stay home for a few months and your 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 ranking may not be impacted all that much i mean roger was out for a year and he's still like six in the world so <laughs> <laughs> so why not uh just take a break be with that beautiful chocolate lab and mm. uh you know not take all the bumps that you're gonna take from Marion Bartoli and uh, Tony Nadal and you know put in the effort when you know 40 or 50 percent of fans can be back you know I wanted to raise a comment that our good friend Kyle y'all know Kyle you know Kyle obviously yeah yeah Kyle Kyle from Indy Kyle from Cincy I think he's I think he's from Wisconsin oh okay yeah well, our girl Kyle posted in the Vashik thread, and this is not related to Benoit, but is related in terms of the theme of what we're talking about. And he says, you know, we hear a lot about these men's players and their meltdowns and their tanking and their no effort. And they're like, I want to go home and, and 
pet my chocolate lab. <laughs> but y'all don't hear a woman player complain, and they get it far worse. You want to talk about prize money, sweetie? These women players are, you know, on the grind every day, and not one woman pl- woman player, to my knowledge, has posted an IG. Okay, no, let me take that back. I was gonna say not one woman player has posted an IG showing their frustration, but Pushkova. Know, you, or no, Putin Seva. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reading my mind. But I mean, yeah, there definitely is more of a, fr- well, I guess with Benoit Pair, more of a freedom to share his frustration. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Bartoli, who is a former Wimbledon champion, French woman, compa- national compatriot, says he is damaging the game in the way that he behaves. And that there are you know, millions of children that are watching him around the world, and this is not good for the sport. I mean, I don't know what's... I I don't know whether I have necessarily an opinion about her comment, but, like, do you... Have you thought about it? Do you agree with her? So, I haven't watched his matches, but, I mean, I can get (laughs) a sense of sort of what is happening. When you look at the fact that the sport requires you to compete you are being broadcast to a global audience who wants to tune in and see you and you are purposefully tanking matches you have to sort of see the people who are watching on tv as mm-hmm. pay as paying customers so if you're not willing to sort of put in uh an effort uh it i mean it's probably a good thing that there's no no ticket buyers in the stands because <laughs> they would be pissed. I mean, you know, people get upset when somebody has to retire, um, which is often not their fault because they're injured. But to be purposefully, you know, flubbing a match and, you know, vocalizing how you don't want to be there when others would really want to be there, I can see mm. how that would be frustrating to many. And people want him to go away, as our <laughs> friend Russell said. Uh, <laughs> oh yes that's right in our in our dms on our ig yeah i mean just to review some of the facts pear flew to argentina and in his loss in that tournament he i mean it was it was uh, it was uh documented no that's not the right word I'm, I'm very careful with my words here because we actually don't know whether he did this or not. But people observed his last game in that match in Argentina and said that he purposefully double faulted the match away. So, like, just gave up. Right. Gave up on that match. Flew to Acapulco. Lost very early in Acapulco against CC Pass. Right. Then now flies to Miami. Plays... Uh, the snack that you and I talked about, Lorenzo Musetti. Yes, Musetti. I believe he loses three and three. And people's observations about Benoit's um, uh, behavior after he shook hands and all of that stuff was that he celebrated having lost. So, you know, what comes immediately to my mind, I mean, we recently had an interview with Christian Harrison Christian is a guy that has said on our interview that, you know, he has worked very hard to play tournaments, improve his ranking, earn money, earn the money to be able to travel and, you know, play these ITF futures tournaments in Italy, etc. I think that when I when I think of it in that context, I think of Benoit Pair as a completely spoiled player. You know, he is in his behavior. He is disrespecting all of the all of the players that are beneath him in ranking that are working day in and day out on the court and off the court to get where he is, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the perspective that really humbles me because my initial feeling when I hear about the pair story is like, no, you know, no one no one should have anything to say about what he does with his life it's his life he's worked hard to get at his ranking if he wants to tank a first or second round match that that's his prerogative but then when i think about the numerous players that are really working hard to make names for themselves it does make me feel a ways about benoit and benoit's got to know that i mean like you know you have the luxury of flying in because you have 
flying into Miami because your ranking allows you to play in the main draw and you're just going to fucking tank the match against Musetti, that snack, that that cutie with the booty? <laughs> Sweetie, come on now. That's yeah. not right. That's not yeah. right. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, people would love to have the opportunity to be in his shoes and to play. And, you know, obviously he's going through some challenges and needs a bit of therapy. <laughs> so, you know... Uh, like Vashik, uh, Benoit, <laughs> if you would like to sit on our lovely chaise and come for a little <laughs> chat and we'll have some ice cream and we'll really keep it cute and we'll keep it light and we'll, you know, really <laughs> try to support you as you uh, come to realize that you are have a good thing um, and maybe you could get involved a bit more with the PTPA and Vashik. You know, I... <laughs> Whenever I've watched, I mean, you, it's funny, I don't know whether you knew this, but like you and I celebrated a sixth year friendship anniversary on Facebook. A couple I, days saw ago. That. You saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, I who would have, who would have known that six years ago we would be in this spot? But I mean, needless to say, I've watched you play so many GLTA matches in our friendship and I have never once seen you give up. Never once. Even Truly, though, I've, even when I'm sucking hard and I'm not moving my feet. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, never once. You are like a Steffi Graf to me. I always liken you to Steffi Graf because no one can really tell whether you're up or down. You kind <laughs> of have the same face. And I've always admired that about you because, you know, I guess the grass is always greener. But like, I've always wanted to be a person that has, you know, that has a level of like, you know, composure, <laughs> <laughs> composure and um, reflection. You know, I, I think the reason why our partnership works is because I'm kind of the opposite of you. I'm very kind of instinctual. And I mean, I don't want to say that you're not instinctual, but right. like I'm, I can be impulsive. And I know what whatever. you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, all that to say that, like, you know, even Jason Patterson, who is a GLTA player, has never tanked a match, in my opinion. And I've been with him to almost every single GLTA tournament that he's played, um, aside from the ones where, you know, he's traveled far to Australia, for example. And I think if a person at that level, even though there's nothing at stake, really, mm-hmm. monetary stakes... There's Just no to, monetary... we're paying to play more matches. That's what we're <laughs> paying for, and to maybe have a chance at an you know orb like trophy or something like that. <laughs> Columbus, <laughs> I know, like that has like blood all over it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for someone like Jason, who is a true and true competitor of the sport. No. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. I'm uh, as soon as tournaments wrap uh, start up again, I'll be going to see because it will have been that long <laughs> since I played. <laughs> Before we wrap up, we should talk a little bit about Miami, like what what you're liking, what who you've watched. I have admittedly uh, watched very litter, little litter. Uh, I watched a tight match today between Felix and Isner. Ah, I know our boy couldn't pull it out. Isner's too good in these tie breaks at this event. I know. I mean, you go into a tie break with a uh, huge server, Ivanisevic. Why am I saying Ivanisevic is from the nineties? <laughs> <laughs> Karlovic, Ivanisevic, Isner. You're pretty much like at a complete disadvantage. Mm-hmm. He was close. He, I think, it was six and five in the. In the tiebreak, but yeah, he lost again early. Mm. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Uh, who else have you been watching? Okay, I mean, I had my eyeballs out for Bianca. Mm-hmm. Bianca played Martin Kova, and she um, had a very tight first set against her, won that in a tiebreak, and then kind of ran away with it in the second set at 6-2. She's currently playing another player that you and I are both living for, Anisimova and last time I checked in the first set it was on serve and I mean Anisimova is a good good competitor for Bianca because she is a hard hitter and um, yeah I'm just curious to see 
where Bianca's game is at, especially after her complete, I mean, talking about meltdowns, her complete meltdown against Shay <laughs> at the Australian Open. I mean, she didn't necessarily have a meltdown. She just was moved around like a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> she, I know. As we said, I think in that episode, she was made to look like a little punk. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with Halep? You said she withdrew, and I did doth not know that. I mean, she was supposed to play Sevastova, who took out Cuckoo for Coco Golf <laughs> in the first round. Sevastova won. I'm not sure what the issue is here. I mean, clearly it's it's got it's got to be a serious issue if she's flown all the way to Miami to participate um, so I, I'm not exactly sure what happened kudos to our girl Vika for defeating Kerber mm-hmm. you know she won seven five six two, and uh, it was a very tight first set but you know Vika and her new grunt managed to take it away oh, she has a grunt <laughs> girl she got it she she Russell and I you included had a little you know um, Instagram dialogue about like, have you noticed that Vika has a different grunt? She truly does. I mean, Vika has a trademark grunt, but it's different this tournament. Okay, so. I'm gonna have to check it out. I didn't watch her last match, so. Yes, and I just wanted to share that I think that the major story of the Miami Open on the women's side is Anaconya, mm-hmm. the Croatian. She took out. Sinyakova in the first round, then took out American Madison Keys, and then recently took out, you know, up and coming ATP forehand Polish French Open champion Iga Swiatek in the third round, six two in the third. And Konya is a Croatian player that we rarely talk about. Obviously, we've talked about Djokovic and Ivanovic before um, Yankovic. She was a talented junior. But, um, and you know, she started to kind of um, show results in 2016 and 2017, but then had elbow surgery. So she's coming back and she is a pleasant surprise, kind of getting her game together. Hard hitter. So there you go. Cool. We have to talk more about some of these surprises on the women's side because we spent a lot of time last week talking about the surprises and snacks on the men's side. Yes. And it's no longer a story if Pagula is beating Pliskova. We've <laughs> we've beaten that horse a bit too much. I know. I wanted to share a men's... Actually, thank you for reminding me. There's a men's um, result that I want to get your take on. I know you just said that you didn't watch a lot of tennis, but you know, obviously doing this podcast, you're completely aware of this player. Did, y'all, did you know that Sebastian Corda beat... Fanini, I did, did know. I did know that. Yeah, I saw the results of that yesterday. Babe, we posted him on our IG. I mean, like, I would have expected, you know, knowing that you are a person that is in complete support of New Blood on the ATP Tour, that you would have at least vocalized a little bit more about, you know, Petter Corda's son. Yeah, I gotta get. I gotta get more into Sebastian <laughs> for sure. He's very solid. Um, yeah, so I look forward to keeping up with him. I watched a little bit of Sinner and Hatchinoff today. This was like the third match I think they've played this year. It was literally an hour for to for them to get to four all in the first set. And that's when I was like, I got to prepare for this show. Otherwise, we're going to have nothing to talk about. Okay, that's funny because I was going to ask you, someone on the GLTA... Taking it back to the <laughs> taking it back to the GLTA message board said, you know, are Sinner and Kachanov trying to find out who's going to die first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were it was like the the second game of the match was seventeen minutes. It was a, like twelve deuces or something like that. And Sinner finally broke, I think, on the, his eighth break point in that game or ninth. So mm. they were they 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 play good matches against one another. There are definitely ones to watch. I remember the one in the, the pre-event in Melbourne that Sinner took and it almost went three hours or maybe it went slightly over three hours. So um, let's have more of them playing because they just like to bludgeon each other. So um, a couple of matches that I, you know, that I'm just curious to know what you think of. Karatsev beats Kukushkin 
four and three. I did not see that match. I yeah, I'm a little bit behind. Don't hate me, people. That's okay. I mean, but like, are you surprised that he is continuing his wave? I, I messaged him, uh, you know, because <laughs> I wanted to talk to him because I, you know I knew he was flying from Dubai straight to Miami and that maybe there would be a little bit of a struggle a little bit of jet lag and I just said you know keep them calves moving and I hope (laughs) I hope you do well um so I look he probably had his first match Wednesday or Thursday so perhaps had a couple days to sort of sleep (laughs) I I really like him I want him to do well I and I think that if there are two players that I would like to earmark as your kind of, you know, um, thirsty snack situations, I will actually I want you to I want you to guess. <laughs> there 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 are players that we've spoken about before. Um, those of you that have been loyal listeners of our podcast, there are two players that I have earmarked as just a thirsty delicious snacks that jason would love loves to watch (laughs) they're not the they're not any of the ones that we talked about last week one is one is karatsev karatsev no i mean i like his calves and he's all right looking babe you you were texting me back and forth all week about about this guy (laughs) exactly yes copper copper and what about the other this other guy this guy is for sure in your lane. We haven't spoken about him in a minute, but just to give you a little clue, <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I like that our listeners and viewers know who's kind of on your radar. He, sorry, just give me a hot second. He played and lost to, where are we, where are we, where are we? Oh no, he played on Thursday. Okay. He played and lost to... <laughs> Why can't I find him now? <laughs> I literally cannot find him now. Okay, hold on, hold on. Friday. Friday, maybe. He played and lost... <laughs> <laughs> People are I like, can't... when is this show going to end? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I can't find who he played who and lost to. Who is it? To. Give it to me. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to say that he was a... Okay, he was a story... In, on our podcast at the end of last year you have definitely reached out to him you have definitely reposted him you were definitely in his corner at one of the slams oh I actually don't know who you're talking about he's going to be very disappointed to hear that you completely forgot about Nick him Nick Curios. are you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no babe Hugo Gaston uh- Gaston, yes, he he did lose in the sec- second round, right? Yeah, yeah, he lost in the second round. That's your boy. Yeah, those two, Kupfer and Gaston, are your boys. Yeah, yeah, I do like those two. I mean, that's uh, that's a wrap. Miami's going to continue. Some seeds have dropped out. Zverev being one. Mm. Uh, Dimitrov. And our perpetual quarterfinalist, Goffin. Goffin. I know, poor guy, poor guy. But I mean, it, the tournament doesn't feel much different without those big players, those big four players. I don't know about you, but yeah, I mean, there's you to the theme of our episodes in the past few weeks. There's so much excitement with, for example, Corda, that it's allowing these players, Musetti to really make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they would have had that opportunity had Rafa, Vavrinka, um, Joko been there. Yeah. Sorry, can I just say one more thing? I know we're at the end of our show. <laughs> yes, of course. It's your show. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, did anyone notice that Stan Vavrinka in his IG post in the hospital bed um, intentionally like put his hand where his his pp was <laughs> so that people wouldn't look up his dress <laughs> <laughs> he's wasn't wearing any underwear it, and today's also his birthday happy birthday oh happy birthday and, and our boy delpo had another surgery don't say that he's not my boy he's your boy sweetie. did i say your boy he's uh, our, our boy, boy. Oh, okay your, my boy he's your boy he belongs to you and he had that beautiful cute ig story with his leg in the cast in Chicago. <laughs> Can you believe it was like 
two and a half years ago where he like was in i think shanghai and <laughs> you know was going for a ground stroke and hit his knee on the ground and this has been like two and a half years like this is his life he's just destined to be like a porcelain doll if he you know <laughs> he's very fragile i know and he i mean he said to journalists before that his hope is that he returns for the next olympics <laughs> the next the the olympics this summer this summer i mean he oh. wants to be back i mean he seems to always make a comeback and make a showing at an olympics <laughs> yeah well at least they were canceled last year so he had an extra year to recover <laughs> but having another surgery and then trying to come back for the olympics which i think are in july that's tight that's tight yeah tight Anyway, we're like one quarter of the way through the season. So maybe we need to do like a quarterly wrap next week or something. I don't know. Something like that. Well, Miami something, something. will be done. That's Miami true. Miami will be done. And then we'll be getting into the clay. Ooh, delicious. Okay. We'll see you next week and we'll talk about the results in Miami. And hopefully there are no more meltdowns. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. We're here for your tennis-tainment, or your tentertainment, or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review. And like, share, and subscribe, and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.